How's it going, everybody? Tyler from the MTG Uncensored Podcast here. Another week, more cards, more opinions, more hot takes, more controversy, all the good stuff. So this week, I wanted to take some time, go over like a slight deck tech of mine of a EDH deck that I put together um, and go over a couple uh, hot topic things I think I wanted to hit. For You'll probably notice in the name of the episode, <clears throat> I had a couple personal experiences happen in the recent history and i just felt they had to get addressed so we're gonna we're gonna hit those as well um but first definitely i need to start getting in the habit of doing this more um go ahead and give me a follow on twitter that's probably the best way to get a hold of me at mtg uncensored um and then the profile name is just mtg uncensored podcast uh but feel free to reach out to me um i'm always uh taking or having conversations about people coming on to the show for uh, guests, whether it be people I know in the community, uh, what have you, bring different dynamics instead of just me talking into a vacuum. So, but yeah, that's the best way to hit me up. I do have email, um, mtguncensored at gmail.com as well. Um, Twitter's probably the best way. I just have Gmail. So I could set up all the social media accounts. Let's be honest. I don't ever check the damn thing. So, um, yeah, so I kind of want to jump right into my first topic here, um, and it's a biggie. Listen, if you're doing this, you need to stop immediately. We need to like take a second here and pause, okay? You're listening to a podcast about Magic the Gathering, okay? We play card games. This is a game. Whether It doesn't matter how much money or time you, you play. Anyway, if you're sitting down with another human being and you're going to play a card game, you're playing a game. It no matter what it could be Monopoly, it could be whatever. It's all in good spirit, right? So I recently had an incident. I was playing over spell table with some people, and I was playing actually the, the deck I'll be talking about um in a little bit after this topic, but I'll I'll tell you the commander, Marchessa the Black Rose. If you're not familiar with her, she's a one blue, black, red. Legendary creature, human wizard, 3-3, three, three, with dethrone. Whenever this creature attacks the player with the most life or tied for the most life, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Other creatures I control have dethrone, static ability, and whenever a creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it dies, return that card to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of your next end step. <clears throat> if you've never played Marchessa or you don't know anything about her, her whole game plan and the whole deck is built around you stealing things from your other players' boards, attacking with them, and then sacrificing them. Well, getting a counter on them, obviously, hopefully with Dethrone, um, her ability, but if you are the highest life total out of everybody, there's other ways in the deck to get plus one, plus one counters, so that when they die, they come back to your battlefield and you keep them permanently. So it's a very steel <clears throat> and beaten face deck. And it really plays off of who I'm playing against because what you're playing is potentially going to be what I'm playing. So, <clears throat> listen, I had an incident on Spell Table where I was playing a guy, never met him. It was a friend of a friend, and he's playing a Tiamat deck. Well, let me tell you something. I cannot deal with flyers in this deck. I have no reach. I have no flyers. Um, like some single target removal and like at the time only one board wipe. 
I've since added two more because I, I was also playing against a token deck that I just couldn't stand up against because I just did I, I can't seal a 1-1 token when he's generating 10 every turn or you know whatever so we're playing so obviously my I had to go on the offense okay he's playing dragons he's playing a 10-10 earthquake dragon He's playing Scion of the Ur-Dragon. He's playing his Tiamat. And he's cheating out all of these. He's cheating them out. Not with a Quicksilver Amulet. But I think it was called Monster Book or like Book of Monster. I don't know. But it was one in a green and just put target creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. Cheap. It was a good game plan. Okay. <clears throat> so me not trying to just die immediately turned my attention towards him. So I used my Marchesa. I used like an Act of Treason. And I gain control target creature till end of turn. I grab his 10-10 Earthquake Dragon. Attack him with it. He has to block with another dragon. Um, it gets dethroned because he had a higher life total than me. It gets a Bustle Bustle Encounter. And then I sacrifice it. And then at my end step, uh, uh, yeah, the beginning of the next end step, which was mine, it comes back to the field under my control without a Bustle Bustle Encounter. And he like, thought it was like breaking the rules. And I'm like, no, no, that's that's, that's what this deck does. Um, I, you probably never played against Marchesa. And the minute I stole something, he just got... Salty isn't even the word. Just, like, bent out of shape that I had a good game plan and that my deck was doing stuff. So, he, like, made some, like, like passive-aggressive comments, right? And I'm like, hey, man, just, you know, just so you know, I, I don't have any flyers, so this is the only... Taking your flyers is my only defense against against you. It's the game. Like, I'm just trying to not die immediately because literally turn four, he's got three dragons out. So the game keeps going. And it's not just him. I stole some of my brother's stuff who I was playing against. Um, he played a good thing and I grabbed that. It was helpful to me in the moment. And But he just had a, like, sour taste in his mouth, okay? Making it uncomfortable for everybody. Just making these stupid comments. Oh, and then you know how, like, when someone... This happens a lot, but when they get, they're get they starting to play spiteful, and then they start making comments, like, when it's their turn, they'll draw their card, and they'll look at it, like, oh, this is going to be a good one. Good luck, everyone else, or something like that. That's, like, almost exactly what he said, though. Um, so, I steal something. My brother stole something. So, he got mad that everyone was, like, I stole a card. My brother copied one of his dragons. So, he got mad, so he board wiped himself. Well, everybody, but he played a board wipe to just kind of, like, start fresh. So, he ended up playing his Tiamat again. It had been removed twice, I think. Or it cost nine mana, though, to get back out, to, like, start his engine back up. And I'm next in turn order. So, he taps all this mana. He, he casts, um, for nine mana, Tiamat again. Well, I have two blue open. Your boy mana drained him, okay? How are you going to say no to nine mana on your next main? You just can't. Like, I needed it. I definitely needed answers for things. I had stuff in my hand I couldn't cast. I had a decent land base. So, I mana drained him. I countered it. And he just, oh, so we're playing like that. And I'm, so I, and I did. I was like, dude, I'm playing the game. You know, we're playing a game here, right? So, if you are, I mean, there's more to that story, but if you're this person, just stop playing Magic. Stop playing any games. You're a sore loser, and you ruin everyone else's experience. There's just no nice way to put it. I know you're really proud of your Tiamat deck, and 
it works awesome when you're playing against nobody but guess what when you're playing a game especially a game like magic the gathering you're playing against other people to all win and if i have answers i'm gonna do it now there's spiteful playing for sure but in no way was i spiteful playing i had a mana drain he has about to recast his commander i i needed the mana because i'm trying to keep up in this game if anything i was behind i yeah i may have been stealing things but then they were getting blown up um single target removal like exiled like whatever um so and i made it very clear like when i'm playing a game and if my deck is popping off i make sure to always make kind statements because it's all about in your tone like if you steal something you're like huh, that's mine now like just the tone of your voice what you're saying like you're dick so i know when i'm when i'm stealing stuff or just whenever my deck is working i'm always like listen sorry this is just the move i gotta make right now like i i, I always try to put it in like a light tone and he was doing anything but he encompasses every sore loser player and if if you're you have to stop doing this if you are a person listening and you realize that you're doing this you need to take a step back and realize you're playing a card game a fantasy card game and it ruins other people's enjoyment and may even cause people who are playing for the first time or for one of the first times to never play again because it's it makes an entire room uncomfortable now there's like joking i say like jokeful spite you know what i mean like if you have like a very consistent play group and you know as long as the, the the tone is light you know me and my two brothers were playing a commander match and um my brother mike was playing Adamar soul of elements and my brother leo was playing a, a precon it was the one that puts out like zero one or zero four egg eggs and when they die you get to search you know turn cards over so you get a creature card and free cast it so me and my brother mike playing our custom built decks we i was playing liesa shroud of dusk that i've talked about um very focused on life very focused on um, me getting a lot of life and then just nuking people for life or just uh, them losing by casting spells and, and losing life that way from liesa and I, I notoriously get mana screwed on planes and I put more in guys. That's not the problem. It's just me. It's cause I'm playing it and you need two. uh, Leas is two white, white, black. And I always have an infinite amount of black mana, but no, no white mana. So, um, I dropped a gilded Lotus in the field, which is add one of three mana, uh, add three mana of any one color. And me and my brother were like, like playfully, like going back and forth, and like, like every time we'd someone would do something good, we we blow it up or like whatever. And out of spite, my brother was like, "Then you don't get your gilded lotus." And he blew up target enchantment. Well, me and my brother were again playfully. We were so focused on just us blowing up each other's stuff. Nobody paid attention to my other brother playing the dragon egg deck, and then he just popped off and just smashed our faces in. So even jokefully you know you know being spiteful whatever like and it, it was good we all laughed it was everything like that's fine you you guys know your play group you know what your guys boundaries are and you, you have a good read on each other but especially if you're playing a person for the first time why are you going to be like that 
because you are such a toxic player you're ruining it for for everyone it's 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 a terrible way to try to um <clears throat> i mean you're never gonna play with more people i'm never playing with that dude again it's just it's such a big issue and it's not just him everyone has had a group or a person they're just a, a know-it-all and um <clears throat> they're like they're always like a judge you know they seem to know every single rule um but the minute you start doing something good there's always something wrong with it there's a check oh no you're good never mind i thought you couldn't do that but you could like micromanaging your deck okay one don't do that two if you're playing against somebody like that just don't play against them in the future and god forbid you're sitting down at an lgs or just at your house and someone's trying to learn the game and someone's acting like that pull them to the side and say listen people don't this isn't how people play like we're that's just him we're not going to play with him any longer just stop ruining the game it's a it's it's a game. and i'm sorry i'm like wasting time i'm going on about this but to just just cut it out stop being the douche and understand that you're playing a game stop taking it so seriously my right now this you can scoop your deck after this match and we can play again this time i beat you you can you can beat me just scoop up and play again okay it's my public a serve a public service announcement for the week so um <clears throat> talking about the deck actually that was a good good segue so i told you about marchessa so her deck runs a lot of i mean as it as it sounded um a lot of i'm gonna steal your thing and then i need to find a way to kill it with a plus and plus encounter on it so it can come back to the battlefield so i had to get creative um i went to edh rack but then also went through my own cards because i don't like going to edh rack and then just buying all the cards i like to throw in obviously you like your deck building you want to throw in your own cards and your own themes and everything from stuff you have and you know it saves you money in the long run especially if you have the cards but there's some cards that you just can't you can't say no to like there is a um unspeakable symbol an enchantment for one black black <clears throat> pay three life put a plus and plus one counter on target creature it's easy that's i mean that's an easy card to buy um and it's pay three life so you can do it you don't have to tap it it's it's an enchantment you can do it multiple times a turn so if you have the life um you know thinking about it I, I, there's not a lot of lifelink in, in this um there's not a lot of gaining the life back but you know in the moment you you need those counter is more than you need three life so if you know you're about to lose something um you can pay three life put it account uh, put a counter on it um and it doesn't yeah they have dethrone but they just need a plus one plus one counter on them when they die to be brought back so the thing that was in question that i had a rule check like a million times with my brother for or in online going through forums and everything was um when you gain control of a target creature so you don't own the card that's what we were trying to figure out so you obviously you don't own it you temporarily control it now when it dies it technically does go back to its owner's graveyard it doesn't hit your graveyard so we were like oh wait do you not keep this thing but the way she reads is whenever a creature you control which at the very moment you do not own but whenever a creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it dies it doesn't say hit your graveyard it can it hit as if it dies it doesn't matter where it goes return that card to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end step the next end set too doesn't have to be yours so <clears throat> i was playing her and originally thought she was pretty broken and i'm like oh that makes sense obviously you don't get to keep the thing and then we looked into it and i was like oh you do get to keep the thing that's 
that's pretty busted. Um, obviously, a lot of sacrificing outlets, a lot of sac, sac outlets. I mean, blood flow connoisseur, two black, one one, sacrifice a creature, put a plus one plus one counter on blood flow connoisseur. Viscera uh, seer, one drop, one black, one one. Sacrifice creature, scry one. A lot of these are like static sacrifice creatures too. Like you don't need to like pay mana and taps. Some of them are. Some of them are pay mana, tap it, sacrifice creature. Um, to do that. But you need those because the worst thing to do is like you you you'd rather have a sack outlet on board, and eventually get the card that's gonna let you steal things. Because if you have the steal thing and no sack outlet, you're gonna steal it, beat someone's face in with it, and just give it right back. That's not the theme of the deck. You have to um, have a sac outlet. Alter of Dementia. Two drop artifact. Sacrifice creature. Target player mills cards equal to, equal to the sacrifice creature's power. Um, there was... It's not a, far from a combo. But just something to do. You have a full board state. Everybody has a plus one plus one counter on it. Especially if you're low on life. And, you're, and you can just give everybody a plus one plus one counter. Because of Dethrone. Okay, your whole board. You, I mean, six, seven creatures out. I mean, it happened while I was playing my brother in the token deck. I had six creatures out. They all had plus and plus one counters. So guess what? I'm like, I'm running low on options. Alter Dementia is an option. You sacrifice everything to Alter Dementia. Target player mills cards equal to the sacrifice creature's power. Everyone's power on board. I mean, four, uh, you know, four, four, five, five, a seven, seven, a two, two, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that adds up. So you sacrifice all those creatures. They mill all those cards. They all go to the graveyard. Next end step, they all come back. Now, they do come back without a plus one, plus one counter, but you have so many ways in this deck to give them, and if you're still the lowest life total, the next time you swing, it's an attack trigger. So it's before damage is dealt, they get, they get the plus one, plus one counters. Again, <clears throat> now, like I said, and, and they come right back, you can like rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Now, it's not, it's not combo-y because it's, you can do it once per turn, but you have a card like Triarch pra uh, Praetorian, um oh actually no that wasn't it that was just a one one if not the only flyer in this whole deck <clears throat> let's see here i'm gonna find it village rights one drop as an additional cost it's an instant but as an additional cost to cast a spell sacrifice two creatures um sacrifice a creature draw two cards um now a lot of there i mean there's there is some draw part phyrexian tower Easy. That's just a land that tap sacrifice a creature. Add uh, black black mana. Agent of treachery. Um, easy. Um, let's see. It's probably the other the other half here. <clears throat> oh yeah. My voice is all gravelly. It was way worse a day or two ago. I just got over being sick from last week. So <clears throat> yeah. Don't. Uh... Ah, here it is. Okay. Thran Vigil. Now this I had these going, and this was phenomenal. Again, check the ruling. I've played this deck three, three, four times. So, um, you have a full board state. Now, something will happen when you sacrifice all these creatures. You have so many options. I mean, Viscera Seer was sacrifice a creature, scry one. So, if you sacrifice six creatures and you you need to, you know, pedal through your deck to see what find an answer to something, you get to do it six times. And, like I said, they 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 go to the graveyard. They die. Now, when they come back, they're not going to have their plus one, plus one counters right away. You have to get them back. Thran Vigil. Answer to that. One black enchantment. Okay. 
Whenever one or more artifact and or creature cards leave your graveyard during your turn, put a plus and plus one counter on target creature you control. So at the beginning of your end step, they are coming out back onto your field at that point. Um, yeah, and it's still during your turn because it's the beginning of your end step. So this is all taking place. Um, then each, every single one of them that just left the graveyard and came back to the field, all get a plus one, plus one counter directly back. So now, unfortunately, you can't rinse and repeat. You can't just keep sacrificing. You can't do it again because you've declared your end step, so your turn is ending. <clears throat> so they come back to plus one, plus one counters, but and that's just an easy way, a two-drop enchantment to just immediately give everything their counters back and not even have to worry about having to swing again with Dethrone or then if you have the highest life total and Dethrone's not really going to matter, relying on other ways to put plus and plus one counters on your creatures. <clears throat> I will say board wipes are going to be very strong in this deck. I ran one Damnation and that was it. And I played against my brother who was uh, <clears throat> making... Uh, a bunch of uh, one one white soldier creature tokens, and he had like the white dominus from the new Phyrex from the Phyrexia set, and he was doubling all of all of them. So at one point, I mean, he's got twenty one ones and ten two twos. Well, my deck will steal one creature at a time. What good am I going to do with one two two when he has ten of them? So he was a lot more of a threat <clears throat> to just stomp over my creatures and beat me with regular. Uh, uh, damage so I ended up uh, sacrificing everything and um, luckily I, I had the mana but I to vampiric rights so that was a one black or it's a one drop one black for an enchantment and it's a uh, one colorless a black sacrifice creature you gain one life and draw a card so luckily I had a bunch of mana because it was late game so I had enough mana to do this every single turn I would sacrifice each creature individually, gain one life, and draw a card. I was looking for the damnation. I needed, and because if I could find the damnation, I could wipe the whole board, and all my stuff comes back at the beginning of the end step, and then I can just swing for lethal. But he had he had too many blockers, and he just kept building up his army until eventually he had enough to just swing in. I mean, I did that four times with five creatures on board, just searching. I mean, every turn, five cards. Every turn, five cards. And... So I went to like 20 cards, didn't find it. He ended up winning. So immediately went and put in more, more board wipes. I mean, I have damn, but that's a story target creature. You got to overload it for, for a planes and I don't have planes in this deck. So I put a, um, the V rolls disc. Um, that was an easy one. And then I also put in the, um, I mean, just whatever you want to run a any other, any other board, board wipe. Um, so that's pretty much how, I mean, they have, yeah, God, oh, uh, O-Stone, Oblivion Stone, obviously, that's easy, and then you can put fate counters on things so that they don't blow up, and then negotiate with people to put a fate counter on their stuff. I love Oblivion Stone, if you don't know about it, you need to buy this card, okay, it's th a three drop, three colorless for an artifact, and for four mana and tap it, put a fate counter on target permanent. And for five mana and tap, sacrifice Oblivion Stone, destroy each non-land permanent without a fate counter on it. Then remove all fate counters from all permanents. So this on the field is just a negotiation tactic. Do not underestimate 
the value of negotiating and politics and commander. This is the best card for it. Everyone hates a board wipe. Everyone's working really hard to put everything on their field that they can. So when you drop something like an O-Stone, or I'm sorry, when you drop something like a Damnation, it sucks. Everyone looks, goes, oh, I lose all my stuff. And you do too. But when you drop an Oblivion Stone, you put the thing on and everyone's like, it doesn't happen right away. At the very least, the, n the next turn or when you have, you know, five mana to actually tap it and sacrifice the O-Stone. So you put it on there. Everyone goes, oh my God, I cannot lose blank. I mean, it's going to blow up soul rings, signets, any, I mean, your mana dorks that are on the field because it's each non-land permanent without a fake counter. So the minute it hits, negotiation time. Okay, everyone's like, okay, can you... Can I have a fake counter on this? And I'll do this. And it's, you have all the leverage because it costs you four mana and tapping to put a fake counter on target permanent. So you're not just giving it to them and it's, it's costing you. So you can be like, all right, you want me to put a fake counter and say, you know, you're your commander because you don't want it to die. That's going to cost me four mana and set me back at like a turn and then put it on there and then just hope. So you have a lot of leverage. Like how bad do they not want to lose that thing? And they start playing differently when once Oblivion Stone's on the field. They start holding stuff, um, you know, because they, they just think it's going to die to Oblivion Stone. So they're holding good cards because they think it's going to die to Oblivion Stone. That's your time to just, you go all out. You get to pick when it's going to explode. And then people will throttle back what they're doing because they don't want to just lose stuff, especially if it's a card in their hand, not necessarily their commander. So that's just, that's a full green light for you to just swing out full bore. And because you'll lose the stuff unless you want to put feet counters in just your own stuff. It's just, it, yeah, I just, I'm a huge fan of the Oblivion Stone. It's a big, um, big negotiating task, uh, tactic. Um, <clears throat> I, have, I have the mana drain. I have that. There's a few, you know, counterspell, negate, a couple like typical blue things but honestly the deck is more uh, uh black cards and uh, only a couple red cards the ozolith is going to be really strong i mean one drop legendary artifact guys whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield if it had counters on it put those counters on the ozolith so any creature you die if you don't have three vigil and you need a way to get these counters back whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield if it had counters on it uh put those counters on the ozolith and then at the beginning of combat on your turn, if the Ozolith has counters on it, you may move all counters from the Ozolith onto target creature. Now, they're all going to go onto one creature, okay? But at least in one way, shape, or form, you're keeping some form of counters. And you can, I mean, load up Marchessa if she doesn't have um, a counter on her because you need Marchessa to be alive. And honestly, once she came onto the board and got her first counter, she never left the game for me. Because if she did die, I let her hit graveyard. I let her, I let her die, hit graveyard, and then she'd just come right back. Unless you're playing against somebody who has a Tormod's Crypt or, you know, Pajuka Bog or, or whatever. Um, and nuking graveyards. Um, you know, it's... Or just some way to make her trapped. Not necessarily that, because actually once a commander moves zones, you can always choose for it to go back to the command zone. But, you know... Oh, I think Pajuka Bog, isn't it? I should... I should remember that. I have it. But any type of effect that shuffles target players uh, graveyard back into their library. You know, find a way to, to trap her. Whatever. But no, once she got a counter on her, she was on the field. She 
She never moved. And she never died. Oh, no, she did die. Once. Obviously, just came right back. And because of the Tyrant Vigil, got another counter. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, very good. Um. Oh, the, oh, there was Disciple of Bolas as well. Uh, when Disciple of Bolas enters the battlefield, sacrifice another creature, you gain X life and draw X cards where X is that creature's power. Again, it's a good draw engine and you know the card's going to come back. Um, I, I very much underestimated how much I was going to have to draw cards in this deck. Um, and how much you do kind of just need to search for an answer sometimes. Um, so that was good. Uh, Falcon Wrath, Aristocrat, 2 Black Red, a 4-1, Flying Haste, Sacrifice a Creature, Falcon Wrath, Aristocrat, gains Indestructible until end of turn. Um, if the Sacrifice Creature was a human, put a plus and plus one counter on Falcon Wrath, Aristocrat. Good. I mean, these are all like like high synergy cards. Maze of Ith is, is obviously good. I have one tutor in here, which is just my demonic tutor. Um, I don't... This doesn't... I don't know. I don't really need a... a I'm not looking for a combo piece or anything, so I just need cards in the field that can... Um, steal things give counters and sack that's that's really all, all i need these things to do um active treason i mean obviously um <coughs> excuse me mass mutiny was a good one too for each opponent gain control of up to uh one target creature that player controls still on a turn untap those creatures they gain haste on a turn i mean for each opponent i mean so you get you're getting three creatures for you know five mana that you're going to end up keeping so definitely uh Definitely good, fun build. Um, def definitely different. Uh, definitely have a discussion, people. I mean, and I did too. I mean, have a discussion about what this deck does because not everybody's, I say, cool with it. But again, that's just you being a respectable player. That's you saying, listen, this deck, this deck steals things. Uh, are we like not okay with that? Or, you know, or I'm just letting you know that's what that does. Are you okay with that? They agree to the power level. Um. And if they do, they do. Play the game. Play it to your heart's content. Um, yeah, so that's it for that deck. I wanted, I told you last time I was going to get more card heavy, which I really want to do. I know disassembling my own deck is, is one thing, but those are obviously the cards that I know and play with the most. Um, I'll get into other ones as well. Actually, so I'll do, so we'll move into the end step of the episode here. I'm not going to make this one a really, really long episode. Okay. Nice drive home kind of podcast episode here. So I wanted to talk about a YouTube channel that recently started, I think like a month or two ago, I think two months ago. <clears throat> and it's Commander at Home. Now, I'm all obviously a sucker for magic or commander uh, content. And I watched game nights, like you guys know. I told you I met Jimmy and Josh at Magicon Philly when I was there. But this was a very laid back couple who's they're they're big into the um the uh the magic scene. Um the intro was really nice. It's very much friends coming over to your house, hanging out, eating food. Um, and play magic and just having a, like a nice nice game like that's why we do this I mean <clears throat> the game's fun cards are fun but you're really trying to make connections with the people around you and it's really important and you just create memories you know some there's there's things about playing this uh, you know either with my brother or friends that you know I'll never forget but you don't really it's funny because as the time goes on 
you actually forget less about the cards and you just remember the feeling like there is there was a time again look i mean it's case in point right here my brother is playing a Kozilek deck and he's countering everything i'm playing <clears throat> and i play he had a bunch of swingers and i played settle the wreckage at the beginning of the game and there was some ability where i i shuffled the the discard pile the graveyard into the in back into my deck and shuffle well my brother's about to swing for lethal and if i don't redraw the settle the wreckage which is exile all attacking creatures and if i do that i have enough on board to swing for lethal back it was a miracle i redrew this thing and i don't even know what he was swinging with and i don't even remember what i had honestly i don't even remember what deck it was in I just remember being so excited. I played it, and he discarded a four mana card and just countered it because it, it was the last card in his hand. And it, we were—I mean, we were just yelling, hollering, screaming. Like that's—that's that's why we do it. You, you'll forget about the cards, but you'll remember the memories you make with the people you're playing. So that podcast—I know I derailed for a second. Podcast that YouTube show, just—I don't—it really embodied it. I mean, it was really good. It was really good to watch. The production was really good. Um, I watched the second uh, episode with um, the Asian Avenger. That's not being racist. That's his name on Twitter. And that's what he calls himself. And um, he played such a cool card at the end. Towards the end of the game. Uh, and I won't spoil anything, but this was just a really cool card that he played. I actually ended up ordering it. And it was repay in kind. And it was um, take the like take the lowest life total on everybody at the table. And everyone's life total becomes that. It was just such a powerful card. I mean, I think it was like seven mana. But when you're late game commander and you're trying to like bring bring everyone else's life down because you're trying to stay in it, what a powerful card. But uh, it's, yeah, such a good channel. Um, definitely go check them out if you haven't. Um, they just started up like a month or two ago. They're only two episodes deep on it. So there's only more to come. But um, yeah, yeah, great content there. If you guys need something to watch so uh but that was it this is uh <clears throat> this week's episode like i said got a little more card heavy um strong message guys don't be a dick when you're playing playing a game okay make memories don't make those kind of memories and um yeah that's all i got for this week so uh like i said hit me up on twitter if you guys want to conversate or i and i am on spell table so if you guys ever want to do some matches feel free to uh, let me know um, Twitter is definitely the place. I know I've said that a hundred times. So, yeah, that. Um, take it easy, guys. Have a good week. See you next week.